Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Tonight was the final Raw before Elimination Chamber in Montreal. This Saturday, it just feels like we had the Royal Rumble a couple of weeks ago. And already we have another pay-per-view. Come on in, Marty Archibald. Just subscribe to the channel. Just in the nick of time. Look at that. That man knows how to make an entrance. But yeah, we got a pay-per-view. Final pay-per-view here before WrestleMania. It's already coming up this Saturday. Tonight, Raw was live in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. And as with all of these go-home type shows, obviously the go-home is Friday night. That's going to be SmackDown, which is in the Bell Center in Montreal. But this was the final edition of Monday Night Raw before the Chamber. And I always ask the question when we have one of these go-home shows, did the show succeed in its goal? And the goal of any final Raw or final SmackDown before a pay-per-view should be to get you interested and excited and wanting to see the show that weekend. Did this show succeed in doing that? And with me, the answer was no. Now, I, I doesn't mean it was a bad show. I thought overall Raw was good. Overall, Raw was a good show tonight. But I was already pretty excited for the key matches going into Elimination Chamber. What they did tonight on Raw did not get me any more excited to see those matches on Saturday night. So to that end, as far as a go-home show goes, not the strongest one uh, that I have seen. It did not make me less interested to see the pay-per-view, so that's a thumbs up, I guess, right? I guess that's something to hang your hat on. We had a triple threat main event tonight. Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, and Bailey. No titles on the line, but there was the opportunity for Becky and Bailey to earn a spot, whoever won the triple threat, in the elimination chamber, so there would be seven women instead of six on Saturday. And Bianca Belair made sure that that did not happen because she got the win over both women in the main event. Becky and Bailey are not on the pay-per-view this weekend. It looked like maybe they were building to a tag team match, Becky and, and, and Lita, maybe Becky, Lita, and Trish against Damage Control. That was not mentioned at all, and I have a theory on why that may be. Cody Rhodes was on the show tonight in the ring with Sami Zayn. This right here was the most important segment on the entire show, more important than the women in the main event, more important than Brock Lesnar and Bobby, Bobby Lashley, more important than all of that stuff. Because this is a segment that had to happen. This had to take place before Elimination Chamber. I've been talking about it for the last few weeks. They needed to find a way to get Cody and Sammy in the same place at the same time. They did that tonight in Brooklyn, and it was exactly what it had to be. And this tonight should put to rest all of the naysayers and all the people who say that the people are going to will Sami Zayn into the WrestleMania main event. We're going to have a fan rebellion on our hands. It's all going to blow up in Triple H's face. It's going to be Daniel Bryan all over again. They're going to have to make it a triple threat match at WrestleMania. And I just laughed and I laughed and I laughed. Because no, 
It's not the same thing. And the fans are not going to rebel en masse. And in fact, last week, we had Cody Rhodes putting over Sami Zayn. And you know what he did tonight? To his face, he put over Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was actually out there tonight sounding like he wasn't so sure of himself. He was having self-doubt about whether or not he could beat Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber. After sounding so sure of himself on SmackDown with Paul Heyman last week, all of a sudden Sami said, yeah, you know, I I could beat Champion, I could headline WrestleMania, but do I think I'm going to be the one to beat Roman Reigns? I don't know. And it was Cody Rhodes, almost like he was his coach, giving him a pep talk, who stood there and, and raised his voice and said, not only are you going to go in there and potentially beat Roman Reigns, you will beat Roman Reigns. And I look forward to wrestling you at WrestleMania. It's going to be me and you in the main event of WrestleMania. And at one point during the promo, did you hear the crowd in New York, what they were chanting? They were chanting, this is awesome. As Cody was talking to Sami Zayn. Because if you believe a certain subset of fans over the last month or so since you know Cody Rhodes announced his comeback and then won the Royal Rumble match, Cody's not as over as... People like to think he is. Cody's not as over as WWE wants you to believe that he is. Even though all the signs are there to show you the Cody Rhodes, the the, the Cody Rhodes push is so far a success. The WWE crowd has taken to him. It seemed pretty clear they were going to take to him the minute he came back last year at WrestleMania. It was even more clear when he showed up at Hell in a Cell with half his body purple to wrestle Seth Rollins last June. And they did a great job with those vignettes building up his return. And yes, they have lightning in a bottle with Sami Zayn. The timing is not ideal for Sami Zayn, because he's not going to win the championship. But the fans are not going to hold Cody Rhodes responsible. And what we saw WWE do tonight is exactly what they should have done. So kudos to WWE, kudos to Triple H. And kudos to Seth Rollins and Sami Zayn, who I thought had the best segment on the show. It was an excellent segment. It was a, it was a high bar to uh, meet the standard of the segment we had last week with Cody and Paul Heyman. Now, they didn't do that. This was not as good or better than that segment last week. Uh, but that was my favorite segment of the entire show tonight. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley were also on the show. They had their contract signing to make their match official at the Elimination Chamber. And we also had Seth Rollins with his $350 moon boots. He'll be in the Elimination Chamber match for the United States Championship. This is your Monday Night Raw review for February 13, 2023. I am the Solomon Monster. Yeah, I see a Bliss Fan is joining us in the chat. Bliss Fan, Bliss Fan was at the Barclays Center tonight. I know Bliss Fan, you could probably guess from the name, Big Alexa Bliss Fan. I know he was probably very upset that uh, there was no Alexa Bliss on the show tonight. So uh, we'll try to cheer up Bliss Fan as best we can. Raw opened with the former Raw women's champion, Becky Lynch, in the ring with Adam Pierce for some reason. She said that she would get to him later. Becky thanked Lita for having her back last week in the cage match when she came out to take care of damage control. Then she shifted her focus to the Elimination Chamber, and she talked about how she loves to fight her way into things. A great point, actually. Bliss fan, if you're still at the building, uh, I would love to know what the dark match was. 
I, I had meant to ask what the what the dark match was if there was one when Raw went off the air. You can you were there, so you can share those notes with all of us. So uh, let me know if anything happened after the show, and we'll share with everybody here on the stream. Somebody asked me, uh, how come you don't go to Raw, right? Raw's in your backyard. Raw's in Brooklyn. Don't you go to Raw? I have no interest in going to Raw. <laughs> Three hours of Raw. Trekking into the uh, area over there, going to the Barclays Center, sitting there for three hours of Raw, and all the commercials, and all the picture-in-picture. Picture. No thank you. I'm parked right here. I spend my I spend my post-Raws with you guys. I actually have no interest in going to Raw. Raw used to be fun, too, to go to live. I mean, it still can be, I guess. If you've never been to a live show before, I would tell you to go. You gotta go at least once. It's an experience, I think, that every every wrestling fan should have. Whether it's Dynamite, SmackDown, Raw, Pay-Per-View, everybody should go at least once. But I'm also uh, of the opinion that once you do it a whole bunch of times, <laughs> it's just, you know, Raw to, to sit through three hours of Raw Live is not my idea of fun. But uh, but Bliss fan, uh, I hope you at least had fun. So Becky said that uh, she likes to fight her way into things. And she told Adam Pearce she wanted an opportunity to fight her way into the Elimination Chamber match. And that brought out Bailey, who complained about Becky having a Hall of Famer do her work for her last week. She said that she's the one who belongs in the Elimination Chamber match. So Seth Rollins against Austin Theory, I'm being told, is in a street fight, was the dark match after uh, after Monday Night Raw. I don't I don't see a result though. I don't see an outcome, but apparently that was the dark match. So there, there's your update. Bailey said she's a Grand Slam champion, something that Becky knows nothing about. And Becky came back at her and said that she's main evented WrestleMania, which is something that Bailey knows nothing about. Bailey said nobody wants to see Becky Lynch against Bianca Belair again at WrestleMania. And Becky pointed out that they tore the house down last year. So this brought out the Raw Women's Champion. Bianca said that there were, there were already six women in the Elimination Chamber match this weekend. But if they want to use the chamber to get to her, then they should have to go through her. So Adam Pearce booked a triple threat match for the main event. With Bianca against Becky against Bailey, he said the Elimination Chamber match would start as a triple threat on Saturday if one of the women, that being Becky or Bailey, uh, were to win the main event tonight. They would earn a spot in the Chamber. It would start with three women instead of two. We'd have seven in total instead of six. But if Bianca was victorious, then uh, neither one of them would make it into the match. And all three ladies agreed to that stipulation, and so... You know, that's the thing about a three-hour show. You've got to get creative, hence why they call it creative, about how you're going to fill time on these shows. You really think about it, this was a completely pointless gimmick, right? We already had the field set for Elimination Chamber. We started this show with six women in the chamber. We ended the show with those same six women in the Elimination Chamber. But it was a way for them to fill television time, uh, give Becky and Bailey something to do on TV. And I'm sure a lot of people went into that main event thinking that there was a chance that one of those two women, probably Becky, uh, would have had the best shot of being added to the Elimination Chamber. Uh, I never felt that way. <laughs> One of the reasons why I never felt that way 
uh, is because and one of the reasons I'm glad they didn't do this uh, and, and have one of the other women win the match and go on to uh, Montreal. You know, if Bianca Belair loses the match, even if she doesn't eat the pin, let's say Bailey pinned Becky or, ba- or, or Becky pinned uh, Becky pinned Bailey or the other way around, you're going to beat your Raw Women's Champion. You're going to have Bianca Belair lose, and then the woman who qualified for the chamber is going to go to the chamber and presumably lose, let's say Asuka wins or Raquel or Liv or whoever, and that's the WrestleMania match. right? Let's say you're going to get Bianca and Asuka at WrestleMania. But Bianca lost. It, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an ideal situation. Although Becky could then turn around if she got to the chamber and didn't win, and she could say, "Yeah, well, but I beat Bianca on that uh, Raw before Elimination Chamber," and then they could turn it into a triple threat. But we don't need none of that. We don't need none of that. So I'm glad that uh, they actually kept it predictable, and uh, I wasn't honestly expecting Bianca to lose that main event. Backstage, Byron Saxton spoke with the Judgment Day. They were minus one member. They were minus their real leader, uh, Rhea Ripley, who uh, Dominic said, I sound like Al Pacino there, who who, uh, told Byron that she was not there. She was still uh, traveling the world. For those who don't know, Rhea, if you follow her social media, she obviously went back home, uh, got to see her family, I don't think she's seen a lot of her family in probably two or three years since just before the pandemic started. Uh, so that was uh, where she was this past week. And I actually liked the fact that they that they didn't mention that. They just said she wasn't there. I bought into it. I thought she wasn't there. I said, okay, she must still be down in Australia. Maybe she'll be back in a few days. So that's what Dominic said about Rhea. But he said he spoke with Mommy... And she is as excited for Elimination Chamber as she is for Valentine's Day. And I thought, oh, remember what I said a few months ago after the Christmas video? They did the Thanksgiving video, right? They did the Christmas video. And I said, boy, I hope they do something for Valentine's Day. Uh, I don't know if they did or not, but it it reminded me. I totally forgot tomorrow is Valentine. I don't give a shit about Valentine's Day, but. Uh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, so I don't know. We'll we'll see if they drop a new video on social media. I would love if uh, you know Ray and his wife, that Ray and Angie, they're out at a nice restaurant somewhere having a Valentine's Day dinner, and in comes Rhea and Dominic. It's like, oh, I had no idea you guys were eating at the same restaurant. Why don't we join you? We'll sit in the same booth. You could do this for every holiday. Every holiday, Valentine's Day, Easter, 4th of July, Cinco de Mayo, do it all. It's great. I love it. Balor said tonight they had the Street Profits, and he vowed to roll them up, ball them up, and smoke them up, which is legal now in New York, by the way. So it's all good. Finn Balor and Damian Priest up next with Dom the ex-con in their corner against the Street Profits. Profits got a doomsday blockbuster on Balor. And Dawkins covered him for a two-count. Montez Ford took out Priest with a flip dive to the outside. Dominic then got up onto the apron. He got pulled into the ring by Angela, who followed up with a shoulder block and knocked down Dom. Balor put Dawkins down with a sling blade, drop-kicked him into the corner. 
went up top, hit the coup de grace, and got the win for the Judgment Day. After the match, Priest hit Ford with a big kick, and the heels started putting the boots to him. Priest and Ford, you know, they're both in the Elimination Chamber this weekend, so it makes sense that Priest would go after him. Edge's music played. He came down to the ring. He went directly after Finn Balor. Beth Phoenix joined the fight. She was setting up Dom for another glam slam like she gave him, I guess it would have been last week. When all of a sudden, who shows up? It is Rhea Ripley, the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble match. She attacks Beth from behind, hits the Riptide. So a nice little swerve there. I, I thought she wasn't there. And then boom, like magic, there she was. Corey Graves then narrated a video package with photos of Pat Mahomes celebrating his Super Bowl win last night with the replica of the WWE Championship that the company sent him. As uh, I'm sure a single tear streamed down the face of Cody Rhodes as he watched his winged eagle dreams die in a fiery blaze as he realized why the winged eagle will never return. Last night was a great Example of why WWE loves their logo belts. Why the logo belts are not going anywhere. In fact, I expect that over the next five to ten years, I guess it depends on who owns the company, right? They're trying to sell the company. But over the next five to ten years, I think that logo is going to get even bigger. It's like in uh, AEW, right? With with the House of Black. And all the makeup that Malachi Black has on his face. It's got that kind of black circle around his eye. And it just keeps like expanding and growing. It's getting bigger. It's like a rash. I think the logo belts are going to get bigger. The logos are just going to get even bigger and bigger and more absurdly large. Until one day, it's not even a belt anymore. It's like a trophy. It's like a giant W that they just carry around with them. And then they'll mail one out to the uh, the winning sports teams after the Super Bowl and the World Series and the NBA Finals. So, yeah, Cody, I'm sure Cody was, uh, his his heart was shattered watching that. Adam Pierce was in the ring with chairs and a table for the contract signing for Elimination Chamber with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. And the first thing that Brock did, Brock came out first. Jolly old Brock, right? Slapping hands with the fans on the way to the ring, which just, it still looks so unnatural to me. But, you know, he's he's out there having fun. If you made the kind of money that Brock Lesnar makes, and you could just come out there and pretty much do and say whatever you wanted to, You'd be in a great mood too, right? Brock is just enjoying life. So he comes into the ring. And the first thing he did when he got into the ring, he picked up one of the chairs, he threw it out to the floor, and he told Bobby to get his ass out to the ring. He says that he already signed the contract last week. Bobby, get out here and sign the contract. So instead of Bobby, we got an army of security guards and about five on each side, and they lined the aisleway. And then people brought out another table and a chair, and they set it up on the stage. And then Bobby Lashley came out. Bobby said, I'm not going in the ring. I'm going to sit right here. And that's where he went. Lashley said that this isn't the Brock Lesnar show. He says, I'm in the driver's seat. He says, every time that we've been in the ring together, I've either left you beaten, unconscious, or I've eliminated you. From the Royal Rumble. So they're going to do this on my turn. They're going to do this on his terms, he said. He said he had his agent, his lawyer, even his kids look at Brock's contract. 
He said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to sign the contract after uh, looking it over. I'm not so sure. Brock told him to get his ass into the ring and sign it. The fans chanted, Bobby scared. Brock said that, either get in the ring or I'm going to come beat your ass. Lashley said, I don't think you have the balls to, which is something you just, you never say that. You never say that to Brock Lesnar. So, of course, Brock left the ring. He mowed down all the security geeks in the aisleway. He charged at Lashley, and he sort of gave him a back body drop. Now, now on commentary, I think it was Corey Graves, made the comment that Lashley uh, bulldozed him. But really, I think Brock just sort of lunged at him. (laughs) He kind of went over Bobby and then got dumped on the floor. So then Brock, when he finally made it back to his feet, Bobby speared him. And then Bobby finally took the contract and signed it, and he posed to boos from the crowd in Brooklyn. That's right. Everybody everybody say, you got to say it the right way. It's, it's not Bobby. It's Bobby. Bobby Lashley. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I thought, look, it was better than most contract signings, right? Most contract signings are pretty fucking dull. So I thought it was uh, better than most contract signings. I I guess it was a seamless heel turn. I must have missed it because a few weeks ago, Bobby Lashley was still a babyface. And in the last two weeks, he just suddenly became a heel. Didn't really do anything heelish, necessarily. Didn't really do anything uh, out of the ordinary. Uh, but in the span of a couple of weeks, he went from being cheered to being booed, and I almost didn't even notice. So he's a heel now. Uh, as I said in my predictions, I said this in my predictions on Sunday, I don't think we're getting a winner at Elimination Chamber. If we have a, a legitimate finish, I think Bobby's going to win. Either way, I think they they want to get to a final match at WrestleMania. To me, you can do some sort of finish where neither man comes out the winner. It could be a draw. It could be a double disqualification. Uh, keep in mind that the Hurt Business reunion still hasn't happened, although MVP is back with Cedric and Shelton. But Lashley has not yet reunited with them. I still think it will happen. But I I don't know that we're going to get a winner. And I say that also because as I look ahead to WrestleMania, most of the WrestleMania card seems pretty set so far. All the key matches are now pretty much in focus, I think, for WrestleMania. If Brock Lesnar does not wrestle Bobby Lashley, what do they do with Brock Lesnar? What do you do with Bobby Lashley? Yes, there were rumors of Brock Lesnar and Gunther. I don't think that's the match for Gunther. I don't think that's happening. 
even if it was Brock and Gunther, what do you do with Lashley? Lashley deserves to be in, in some sort of feature match at WrestleMania this year. Right? I mean, what do you do with these two if they don't have that one final clash one-on-one against each other? Maybe some kind of stipulation match. So I still think the end goal is to get them to WrestleMania. Because of that, I think we're going to have a non-finish, which I, you know is not, not the most satisfying finish, but it's not the main event, right? If it was the main event, I would say you can't go off the air with a non-finish. But I think you could get away with it in this situation. Piper Niven. One-on-one with Mia Yim. Mia hit a tilt-a-whirl DDT that drew some gasps from the audience. Uh, I didn't gasp, but I did I did kind of wince a little bit. It looked like she got dri- Piper got drilled headfirst. Uh, but she came up. She was okay. And then she took control of things, and she ended up winning with the black hole slam. Corey Graves on commentary said that it's like being slammed into the abyss. I see what you did there. Uh, Kevin Patrick, though, then said that she calls it the Loch Ness Slam. That's the official name for it. They replayed the comments that JBL made. The uh, wonderful segment from last week, after Baron Corbin lost, where JBL buried him six ways to Sunday in the back and ended his promo by saying that you can't polish a turd. I know. I tried. Now we come back live. Kathy Kelly was in the back with the aforementioned turd asking how he was feeling after what happened last week. But before uh, Mr. Hankey could say anything at all, Kathy Kelly said, wait, wait, I'm getting some breaking news here in my earpiece. She said that she was getting word something was happening in the ring. And so then they cut to the arena. And what we find is Sami Zayn, again in his black hoodie. He came out through the crowd and he rolled into the ring. And he was asking for a microphone. Sammy said that he wanted to call somebody out because he wasn't sure if he'd have the chance to do so after the elimination chamber. So, Cody Rhodes, please come out to the ring. Cody got his full entrance. He was, of course, in a suit. Because uh, when is he not? even wrestled in a suit tonight. (laughs) I was going to say... The only time he's not in a suit is when he wrestles. He wrestled in a fucking suit tonight, so I can't even say that anymore. So, Cody got in the ring. He welcomed to Raw Sami Zayn. And he asked him, what do you want to talk about? And Sami said there was one thing he said last week in the ring with Paul Heyman that's been replaying in his head over and over and over again. Which is that, Cody said, it's looking more and more like a WrestleMania. It's going to be Cody Rhodes against Sami Zayn. And the people cheered when he said that. Sami wanted to know if that was just lip service, or do you honestly believe that when you said that? Was that just something you were saying, or do you honestly in your heart believe that a WrestleMania, it's going to be you and me for the championship? He wanted to know if Cody truly believed that Sami Zayn could beat Roman Reigns. Cody said that when he said that, he meant it. Said that when he said that Sami most likely would be his opponent at WrestleMania, he believed it. Fans interrupted Cody with loud chants of, this is awesome. But, Cody said, respectfully, he doesn't think that's what this is about here. Does it really matter what I think? 
He says, well, what does it matter what I think? He said, what matters is what you believe. Do you, Sami Zayn, believe that you can defeat Roman Reigns? And at this point during the promo, we got loud ole, ole, ole chants, which I'm sure we're going to be getting a lot of those on Saturday in Montreal. You know what I would absolutely pop for? It's never going to happen. Everybody's talking about, oh, I hope Sammy comes out to his old Worlds Collide, uh, not Worlds Collide, Worlds Collide, Worlds Apart uh, song on Saturday. I'd fucking pop if he came out to Bouncing Souls. Oh, my God. I mean, it has no relevance to his WWE career at all. I just think that'd be fucking awesome. So Sammy said, uh, the truth is, I don't know. Because you haven't seen what I've seen. I've stood shoulder to shoulder for nine months with Roman Reigns. He said that he's been in the trenches with the bloodline. He's been making game plans and planning strategy with these men. They always find a way. He says this thing about Roman being in God mode, it's not a catchphrase. It's not a slogan. It's not for a t-shirt. He goes, it's true. The man really is in God mode right now. He's seen guys bigger and stronger than him walk into matches with Roman Reigns, fully believing in their hearts that they were going to be the ones to take down the tribal chief. And every single one of those men have gone down. So now I'm supposed to believe that after almost 900 days, that old Sami Zayn is the one who's going to take down Roman Reigns. He says, if you're asking me, Am I capable of beating Roman Reigns? Yes, I believe that. Said, if you're asking me, am I capable of becoming the champion? Yes, I believe that. If you're asking me, am I worthy of being in the WrestleMania main event? Yes, I believe that. I have to believe that with every fiber of my being because I have to be... uh, confident in that so everybody else is as well if i'm not confident and believe that i can do it then who else is going to but if you're asking me if i'm gonna beat roman reigns cody honestly i don't know and cody said you don't know sounds to me like everybody here knows and the people cheered and he said seems like your hometown of montreal knows i haven't been where you've been I've watched Roman Reigns from the sidelines, but you're right. Everyone has fallen, but there's dissension in the bloodline for the first time. That's because of you. Because the idea that the greatest champion of our generation can be dethroned is because of you. It says, you want to say that Roman Reigns is in God mode? Put it on a t-shirt and print it, but Roman Reigns is a man. You crack him open and you find out at Elimination Chamber. He goes, Michael Cole at the Royal Rumble was talking about me and how, you know, I have to finish my story, right? Finish my story at WrestleMania. He says, I intend to finish my story. You need to finish yours. This was great. This was great. It was great in a different way from the Paul Heyman promo. The Paul Heyman promo had a lot of great source material to work from, right? We heard Cody talking about his father and reminding people about the story when he first came back to the company, the story he told about why it's so important to him to go after that championship. Then Heyman was out there, and we had the history of Heyman and Dusty and the whole ECW thing back in the day. Uh, 
and you know the comments about my last conversation with your dad and that may have been embellished but there was a lot of of legitimate material there for them to use in that promo this was different in that this was just playing off of Sammy's insecurities Sammy is just how many days away are we from from elimination chamber 5 right 4 or 5 days away now from the pay-per-view and Sammy Zayn is out there showing self-doubt second-guessing himself and wondering and saying, you know what, I don't know if I can go out there and beat Roman Reigns. You have Cody Rhodes trying to tell him, dude, you can do this. These people believe you can do this. I believe you can do this. I want to wrestle you at WrestleMania. Even though last week at the end of the promo, remember what Cody told Heyman, he said, at WrestleMania, I'm going to beat your boy. Right, I'm going to beat Roman Reigns, but he told he made it very clear that he was pushing for Sammy to win on Saturday, and uh, wanted to face him for the championship. But he was not done. He wasn't done yet. He goes, just one more thing, Sammy. He goes, I don't want to see you on Raw next Monday. I don't want to see you on Monday Night Raw because I'd rather see you at WrestleMania. And he pointed at the fucking sign because he knew he was going to point at the sign. He points at the sign, and then Sami Zayn looks up at the sign, and he nodded, and then he left the ring, and he pulled the hood back over his head, and left back the way that he came through the crowd. As I said before, it was going to be very uh, difficult to top the segment from last week with Cody and Heyman, which was probably the best uh you know, back and forth promo exchange that we've had so far this year. It's been a short year so far, but it's it's going to be up there, right? As far as one of the great promos this year. But this was excellent. This was great stuff, right? And this was exactly what they needed to do. Get Cody. You, you can't ignore it. I actually think it would have been a huge mistake to keep these two men apart. This had to happen. There had to be some sort of interaction between the two of them where they acknowledge each other, and we know where they stand. And you have Cody go out there, because I'm sure WWE did have concerns, and maybe they still have concerns. How is the crowd going to receive Cody? Right, Cody Rhodes has never been pushed in this company at a top main event level before until now. And they didn't expect Sami Zayn and his story to get over in the way that I guarantee you they did not expect the Sami Zayn story to blow up as big as it has, right? They knew they had something special in it, and the, and the interaction with him and Roman and the Bloodline members for months was funny, right? It was like comedy gold. Nobody in that company, I don't think even Sami Zayn, expected it to get quite to the level that it got to, but it happened. And so they wanted to make absolutely sure that they were telling the fans, look, we want you to cheer your heads off for this man. We're going to have that that match at Elimination Chamber. We're going to go to Montreal. It's going to be the biggest match of Sami Zayn's career. But Cody Rhodes has won the Royal Rumble. Right? They made that clear. Cody won the Royal Rumble. It was known then. He's going to the main event of WrestleMania. Sami's going to get his shot first. And whoever comes out of that match is going to defend against Cody Rhodes. And it would have been very easy the night after the Rumble, or I guess... Pay-per-views are on Saturdays now, so two nights later. So you have Cody come out, and the crowd would have just rained booze down upon him. And that didn't happen. 
And Cody came out last week. And again, it didn't happen. And Cody came out tonight in New York. Okay? New York can be a notoriously tough market. Vince McMahon for years would live and die by the reactions that his talent would get in New York when they would go to Madison Square Garden or they would go to the Barclays Center. So they were in New York tonight. And I heard from a few people in the building tonight that both men got great cheers, Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes, because they're both well-liked by the crowd. You know, there's no one right now bigger babyface-wise in this company than Sami Zayn. He's riding a lightning bolt right now. But Cody Rhodes is also well-liked. He's been well-received. He's selling a shit-fucking-ton of merch. He's going to be just fine. And when Sami Zayn loses at Elimination Chamber this weekend and we move on to Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes, will there be pockets of fans? There could always be pockets of fans, right? There's always going to be small pockets of fans. But to the people, I, I, I don't even know who's left who honestly, truly believes this. I would hope nobody does. But if you are still someone who believes there's going to be some sort of mass rebellion coming out of Elimination Chamber, trying to get WWE to change the WrestleMania main event, it's not going to happen. Sammy will have his story. Sammy and Kevin Owens will have their story. As Cody Rhodes will have his. And the fans will react as they should. Because there's not going to be some sort of mass rebellion here. I still have people on Twitter tonight when I said that, trying to say, oh, you're wrong. You want you wait and see. You know what do they picture here? I mean, are we are we picturing like uh, from an episode of The Simpsons where everybody's got the pitchforks and the torches, storming the castle? It's not going to happen. So all the naysayers after this segment tonight, they're in the mud. But this was an excellent segment. This was great. You know what's not fair? I'll tell you what's not fair. The fact that Netflix hides thousands of shows and movies from you based on your location and then has the nerve to raise their prices on you. Yes, they've just raised their prices once again. Now, you could always cancel your subscription and protest, but Netflix has a lot of great content. So instead, you can be smart about it and make sure that you're getting your full money's worth by using ExpressVPN like I do. You know, you may not be aware of the fact that what's on Netflix in your country is different from what somebody in, let's say, the UK or Japan has on theirs. Using ExpressVPN, I can control which country I want Netflix to think I'm in. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from, so every time I run out of stuff to watch, I just switch to another country to unlock new shows. I just watched a movie called Jolt. That sounded interesting to me. It's about a bouncer who lets all of her rage out after her lover is murdered. You can't find it on U.S. Netflix. But with one tap of a button, ExpressVPN sent me to Germany, where I was able to watch it, and I never had to leave my house. And here's the best part. It's not just for Netflix. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows and movies on other streaming services, too. It's also super fast, and it works on your phone, laptop, and smart TV, so you can watch on the big screen with no buffering. So stop paying full price for streaming services only to get a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash solomonster. And don't forget to use my link so you can get three extra months of ExpressVPN free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash solomonster. Expressvpn.com slash solomonster. So back live, 
Kathy Kelly was in the back to try again with Boren Corbin. And Corbin said that he's uh, better off without JBL. He never needed JBL. He said JBL's a has-been. He's the past. Forget about JBL. He said it's time to remind people who Baron Corbin is. He is so sick and tired of being disrespected. We had an interview before, he said, right? You were supposed to interview me a few minutes ago, and you interrupted it for Sami Zayn. He said, at Elimination Chamber, Roman Reigns destroys Sami Zayn. And the people, you can hear the people in the arena, they booed. He says, in no, in no world, he says, does Sami Zayn beat Roman Reigns. He goes, do you know who the last person was? To, and this is a shoot, by the way. The last person to beat Roman Reigns was me. And that's true. Baron Corbin is the last man on record to pin Roman Reigns. It was at TLC in 2019. 2019. It is now 2023. Let that sink in. It's going to be the answer to a trivia question one day. So he reminded us of that. He said, then we look at the Royal Rumble. I was blindsided by Brock Lesnar before I even got into the ring. He goes, if that never happened, I would have handled Roman Reigns Again, and I would be the champion. Then he started uh, healing on Cody Rhodes, and he didn't know Cody was, suddenly Cody was in the background. Cody was in the background, kind of eavesdropping on what Corbin was saying. He called Cody a joke. He said his brother is a joke, and he thinks his dad is a joke. And he was about to insult his dog, uh, but, you know, Dusty, the name of Dusty was invoked. Dusty was insulted, and when that happens, it's like calling, uh, what's his name, from uh, Back to the Future. It's like calling him a chicken, right? You don't, you don't do that. M- Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. You don't call him a chicken. You call him a chicken, and, and that's it, man. That's it. He, he's ready to just kind of roll up the sleeves and go to pound town, right? So Cody attacks him. And they end up fighting out into the arena. And Cody's asking for a referee. Cody's still in his suit. He's asking for a referee. So we had Cody in his suit. Wrestling Boren Corbin. Who called him that? The lone... (laughs) Instead of the lone wolf, he's the lone jobber. He is. He is the lone jobber. Actually, there's there's a lot of jobbers in this company. Uh, So he is not the lone... He's not alone. So that name really doesn't work. So Cody uh, threw Corbin around outside the ring for a bit. Then he got him inside, hit a Cody cutter, followed by the crossroads for the win. You know, I like that they didn't save it for later. There was no commercial. They just went right into it. We got to see Baron Corbin lose again. I think this was a a win-win all around. And and frankly, this may be the way they use Baron Corbin going forward. This may be a little glimpse into what his future has holds now in this company going forward. We then had what was billed as a Raw versus SmackDown. Six-woman tag team match with the six women in the Elimination Chamber on Saturday. Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, and Natalia taking on Asuka, Carmella, and Nikki Cross. Let me ask you a question. Raw versus SmackDown, when they, when they hype up something like this, I already know the answer. Does this have any value to you at all? I mean, it doesn't for me. 
And I, I would I would think for most people at this point it probably doesn't. But they build it like, oh, it's a big deal. Raw versus SmackDown. Like, does it have any value at all? I feel like that sponge has been wrung dry. There is no moisture left in the sponge. It is bone dry. But I'm curious if there are people out there who actually believe that uh, it still does. I'd be fascinated to know why. Uh, all you need to know is that Asuka attacked her own partners late in the match and then put Liv Morgan in a submission hold. She was wrenching back on her arm. Liv was, she was screaming bloody murder. And the re- and she was tapping. So with her hand, her hand was kind of like, you know, flopping, going like this. The referee didn't see it. I don't know what he was staring at. I mean, Liv's a beautiful, she's a beautiful girl, but, uh, you know, you got to pay attention to what you're doing here. He didn't see that she was tapping, and she's continuing to scream in, in agony here until I'm assuming he got yelled at in his earpiece, and then all of a sudden he finally called for the bell. And uh, that was the end of that. So at least Asuka got the win. That was the correct move. Backstage, Otis was chowing down on a Coney Island hot dog. Yeah, everybody raves about Nathan's hot dogs. If you've ever been to Coney Island, you walk in the boardwalk, all the water, all the amusements. You know, you got the ballpark there with the cyclones. You got the cyclone roller coaster there, right? You got to go to Coney Island. You got to go to Nathan's Famous. You got to have a hot dog. I was never a fan. I was never a fan. Now, I go to the supermarket. I go to the freezer aisle. You buy some Hebrew National hot dogs. Take them home. Put them in a pot. Boil them. It's all the same. Never got the appeal of Nathan's Famous. So Otis was chowing down on a Coney Island hot dog. He had mustard all over his mouth and his mustache. Chad Gable took it away from him and tossed it, told him it was bad for him, which it is. They were then interrupted by the Maximum Male Models and Maxine Dupree. She said that she was looking for the face and physique for their new campaign. Chad Gable thought that she was talking about him. And uh, he said that he's done some modeling before. She then said that she was actually talking about Otis. It's not Otis anymore. It's Otis. And Otis was intrigued by that. Ah, Otis. He he sounded like he liked that. So she handed her uh, business card to him and then walked away. So we'll see where this, we'll see where this comedy takes us. We had Bronson Reed. Up next, he had a match. Uh, Before that, though, Bronson Reed, at the end of that segment, he showed up, he stared at Chad Gable and Otis, and then he smiled, and then he turned and he walked to the ring for his upcoming match for uh, the next segment against Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali wanted a challenge. Well, challenge accepted. Be careful what you wish for. Reed sent Ali to the floor and then jumped off the apron with a shoulder tackle. Ali took a uh, great bump for it. Ali made a comeback. He dove off the apron at Reed, but he got caught. And Bronson Reed body slammed him over the barricade by the timekeeper's area. It was actually more of a, (laughs) wasn't really a body slam so much as it was a kind of like a body toss. And he threw him. They had another one of those announcer chairs just sitting there. And he just slammed him into it. And uh, Ali took this crazy bump. Back inside the ring, Ali did manage to get one more hope spot. He hit a tornado DDT, only got a one count. 
Ali went to the apron. He tried a rolling move through the ropes into the ring, but he got mauled with a clothesline, turned inside out. And Reed uh, saw that he was in perfect position, and Bronson Reed headed up top. You guys know what comes next here at the end of this match. He went up to the top rope, and he came off the top with, and I want you all to say it with me now, the Tsunami Splash! Tsunami. I love it. Squashed him like a bug. One, two, three, Bronson Reed picks up the win. Bronson Reed squashes have have very quickly become one of my favorite parts of Monday Night Raw. They don't overstay their welcome. They don't last forever. You know, he'll he can sell, you know, he'll sell for his opponent, take a few moves. But uh boy, these people, they bump their ass off for him, man, and then he comes off that top rope and just all that weight, just boom, crashes and just crushes them like a fucking pancake. I love it. There's that's right, they're still scraping him off my mat. <laughs> I love it. And here's the other thing about Bronson Reed. The fans are reacting to his spots. You know, they they were they were quiet for other parts of the match. Um but when he lands a big impact move and the guy takes a fucking inside out bump for it where he comes off the apron with a shoulder tackle. You know, he's a big dude. I mean, he's a wide fucking big dude. And he can do things. He's got agility. You know, he can do things in there that, you know, other guys his size either might not be able to do or they might not want to take the risk and leave their feet and run the risk of getting hurt. Uh, but anybody who saw him work either outside of WWE and New Japan or if you saw his run in NXT and he was North American champion, you know what he can do. You know what he's capable of. And I'm I'm happy that he's having the chance finally to, you know, be able to show it here on the main roster. More matches like this, and he will continue to get over. And I said this last week, this is the value in having matches like this on this show. You don't want to overload the show with squash matches. And it was very weird on SmackDown last week. They had back-to-back squash matches. Uh, I wouldn't do that. But these matches are very important. And in that crash TV era that we had in the late 90s, you know, into the early 2000s, they went away. And I actually think that was a bad thing. Because in the crash TV era, people would debut, right? And they would be in the ring with an established star. And it's just, it doesn't work as well, right? Because you, you need the chance to go in there with somebody who is smaller than you and let them bump for you and just beat the living shit out of them and get your moves over. So when he does the shoulder tackle off the apron, when he does the tsunami splash and some of his trademark spots, he's able to go in there with an Ali or or someone who is you know, a Ziggler, right? Someone who's not really being uh, prioritized right now. Their job is to go in there and make him look as good as possible. That's their job. So every week that goes by, they're making him look good, and they're making him look good, and that's that tsunami splash is getting a reaction. When he went up to the top rope, you could see there were people in the crowd. They rise to their feet because they know it's about to happen. And then he hits it. It's like, ooh, right? It's getting a reaction. So slow and steady. But if it were me, and I know you know, it might feel a little too soon, but you know what? He's already getting over. If it's my choice, he goes over in the Elimination Chamber on Saturday. 
I put the United States Championship on Bronson Reed. I don't beat him this quickly. Because he's still undefeated so far. He has yet to be beaten. You're in an elimination chamber match. You gotta lose or you gotta win. I wouldn't be having him lose yet. I think Theory is gonna retain. I have a feel I just have a feeling that Austin Theory's walking out of there with that belt and not losing it. But if it's me, Bronson Reed goes over. So in the back, Edge and Beth Phoenix were still hanging around, and they were uh, being interviewed by Kathy Kelly. Edge said that he's been going back and forth with the Judgment Day now for about a year, and frankly, he's sick of them. But they showed them uh, how things will go on Saturday. Beth said that they should show that, or they would show them on Saturday, why they're called the Grit Couple. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Miz was out next. Oh boy. We had The Miz in his gear because he had a match coming up with Rick Boogs. But first, he was out here to host the Miz TV segment with Seth Rollins. And I wish I had taken a picture of this to put up on screen and uh, I, I forgot to do so. So I will, uh, I will do my best to describe this for you. Rollins walked out tonight. He was wearing these cartoonishly big red boots that Corey Graves said has been setting social media on fire. I think those boots need to be set on fire. Apparently, this is a real thing. They're, they're called Astro Boy boots. Today was the first day that I, I, I learned about these things. He was wearing the Astro Boy boots. Astro Boy is, I think, a cartoon character who wears giant red boots. You know who else wears giant red boots? Clowns. That's who wears giant red boots. But that's what they look like. They're actually shaped like a pair of AirPods, which I didn't notice right away. But it is true. If you really look at them, they are shaped like AirPods. For those of you who have AirPods, you know what AirPods look like. Um, and they, they sell for 350 bucks. So if you're willing to spend $350 on these uh, Astro Boy boots, more power to you. I would love to see some idiot try to rob a bank wearing those boots and then try to get away. I, I can only hope that somebody gets it on camera. That's all I hope for. Just to watch them try to make their getaway wearing those stupid those stupid boots. So anyway, Rollins was out there in his clown shoes. 
Miz played up the question of whether Rollins was focused on Elimination Chamber and winning the U.S. title this Saturday, or if he had Logan Paul on his mind. Rollins said the fans don't want to talk about that dumpster fire of a human being. He said the fans came here to sing. So the sounds of his theme song could be heard all throughout the building. They started singing his song. Is it an anime thing? Is that what Astro Boy is? I guess Ash. Yeah, I guess I. Well, I said he was a cartoon character, so maybe I guess Astro Boy is an anime character. Where's our friend Luis? Since he knows so much about this kind of stuff, does isn't he all big into anime and Yu Gi Oh and that kind of stuff? I think it's his birthday, by the way. So I don't know if he's with us or not, but if he is, happy birthday to Luis. Maybe he's off watching some Astro Boy. So Miz said that if he wanted to listen to somebody sing, he would listen to Taylor Swift. He doesn't want to hear Rollins' theme song. Miz said Rollins will talk about Logan Paul on social media. He'll talk about Logan Paul on Pat McAfee's show like he did this past week. And yet he won't talk about it on WWE television. So Rollins got serious and he told Mike to shut up. And then he pointed to the WrestleMania sign. And he said that's why he did not want to talk about it. Rollins spoke about his dream of headlining WrestleMania. He said that it matters to him and it matters to the fans and it matters to Miz. Because we love this, right? This is what this is what we do. This is our passion. This is what we care about. Rollins said that Logan Paul doesn't give a damn about that dream. He called him selfish and soulless, said the only things Paul cares about are getting famous and lining his pockets. Rollins said that he doesn't like to say his name because he doesn't deserve it. And he said that uh, Logan just wants attention and that he really needs to have his teeth kicked in. Miz said that it sounded like Rollins was a little jealous. He was a little jealous of Logan Paul. And he said that he and Rollins are the only two-time Grand Slam champions in the company, and yet he's the only one who's actually headlined WrestleMania, which is a sin, by the way. The worst WrestleMania main event of all time at WrestleMania 27. Miz peaked at that WrestleMania with his video. The video they played before he came out and made his entrance, that was a fantastic video. That was was the peak for the Miz that year at WrestleMania. So Miz said that Rollins, he may never headline WrestleMania because of Logan Paul. And Rollins took his jacket off, he punched the Miz, and then he hit him with uh, one of the chairs that were in the ring from the Miz TV set. Austin Theory showed up, he pulled Rollins to the floor, Rollins slammed Theory's head on the announce desk, he was setting up for the stomp. Miz broke it up, Rollins got the better of Miz back inside the ring. Rollins then curb stomped the Miz with his giant clown shoe. And Theory then snuck up behind him and he hit the A Town down. And Theory knelt over Seth and said, Rollins is the past. And he said that after Elimination Chamber on Saturday, he is done with him. You know what it looks like? They finally figured out after all this time that Logan Paul is a heel. Because based on this segment, it looks like they're setting up for Logan Paul to be a heel, going into his WrestleMania match with Seth Rollins, as it should be. So at least they finally figured it out. Now, to his credit, 
it's not as if all the fans rejected Logan Paul as a babyface. They actually took to him better than I thought they would. But Logan Paul, like I, I keep saying Charlotte Flair, right? They're trying to make babyface Charlotte Flair a, theme, a, a thing, rather. Charlotte Flair's a fucking heel. Logan Paul is a fucking heel. And if you're going to do Logan Paul and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, which I think could be an excellent match, you're going to have to build that match up. You have Logan Paul as a heel and Seth Rollins as the babyface. And you tell that very story that Seth Rollins talked about in this segment. This is my dream. This is what I fight for. This is what, this is what I work for. Logan Paul's not one of us. Logan Paul doesn't care. He's selfish. He only cares about himself and his social media follows. And that's all he gives a shit about. You already have the story there. It's not going to be hard, I think, for people to buy into it. People love Seth. It's not going to be hard to make them hate Logan Paul. Rick Boogs was shown warming up in the back while MVP in the background. You can see him with Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. Elias showed up. So as I said, Elias showed up, told Boogs that uh, it could be a lot of pressure to be compared to him. Elias told Boogs not to get too stressed out if he loses to the Miz tonight. And he said, <clears throat> excuse me, he said that if Boogs, imp- I'm, I'm still getting over my uh, wonderful week last week. He said that if Boogs impressed them, they might be able to do a collaboration together. And uh, Boogs got all fired up and said that he would shred the Miz. So they cut back to the ring. And the Miz was lying in the ring. He was still selling the stomp. He was unconscious, but he had a look on his face. He had like a he had like a his eyes were closed, but he had like a pained expression on his face. Corey Graves on commentary is yelling at him. He's like, "Mike, he goes, you got a match. You got to get up." As they cut to the uh, picture and picture break, and all through the picture and picture, they continued to show Miz laying on the mat, waking up, using the ropes to pull himself up. I, I actually thought this was this was amusing. So Boogs came out, he started the match, and Boogs curled the Miz. He curled him, curled him 10 times like a barbell. And the fans counted along. And then he picked him, he threw him down, he picked him back up, and he gorilla press slammed him for the quick win. So the crowd counted along with the curls, but they didn't seem to care much when he actually won the match. So I don't know if this Boogs experiment is going to work or not. He He's certainly a ball of energy, I'll say that. Uh, but if anything's going to help get him over, it's going to be those power spots because the fans seem to be into that. But they're not really yet into him. So we'll see. We'll, he only first came back you know, a few weeks ago. We have to give it time and, and see if he can get over. In the back, Chelsea Green was uh, with Adam Pierce. She said that she was not ready for Asuka last week, and she asked for a redo. She said that she should be in the Elimination Chamber match this weekend. She demanded to be added to the Triple Threat main event tonight. Pierce said, that's not going to happen. She said that uh, she's not leaving this office until she is. And so Adam Pierce walked off, and she asked where he was going and told him to come back, and that was the last that we saw of Chelsea Green here on this show tonight. The, the character works for her. I'm enjoying what she's doing with it so far. She She's making this work. After a break, Byron Saxton was in the back with the Judgment Day. Finn Balor said that tonight they beat Edge and Beth again. 
And at Elimination Chamber, it's going to happen again and again and again. Dominic said the thing about Edge and Beth and his uh, pathetic dad is that they were good back in their day, but their best days have passed them by. Always dropping little digs at Ray, just to throw it out there like chum in the water, just to, you know, keep things fresh, because, you know, they're going to come back to it for WrestleMania. Just reminding you that it's there. It's like that, that fucking NASCAR segment they did on SmackDown two weeks ago. Damian Priest said that Rhea is going to walk out of WrestleMania as the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Rhea said that her rise begins this Saturday at Elimination Chamber when she and Finn beat the living crap out of the grit couple. We then had our huge triple threat main event. Guys, I cannot put into words how huge, how gigantic, This main event truly was. Triple threat match, Bianca Belair against Bailey, against Becky Lynch. It was a main event so huge that the match started during a picture-in-picture commercial break. That's how big the match was. I guess it wasn't as big as they wanted us to believe it was. Dakota Kai and Eo Sky, they showed up during the second picture-in-picture break that we got later on. And they attacked Becky and Bianca. Lynch hit a manhandle slam on Bailey, had her pinned, but Becky uh, got pulled out to the floor. And Bianca hoisted up Bailey for the KOD, but Dakota helped pull Bailey out onto the apron. Eo Sky drop-kicked Belair on the apron, and then uh, Bailey rolled her up for a two-count. All of a sudden, Liv Morgan. Asuka, Natalia, Raquel Rodriguez, they ran out to attack the women's tag team champions. Uh, or really, they attacked Io because I was watching Raquel and Dakota went right at each other because they, there's a history there, right? They were tag team partners turned enemies in NXT. But Raquel, it's like Raquel didn't know what to do with her. She was barely like, I can't even say she was throwing punches. I don't know what she was doing. She's almost like trying to touch her, but didn't know what she can do and not do because Dakota's probably not cleared to take bumps. So you can't really do anything to her. So I don't know what that was uh, all about. She's very tentative. But Nikki Cross then showed up. She's probably, uh, well, she is in the chamber. Yeah, Nikki Cross is in the chamber. She hopped onto Raquel's back in the ring. Bianca put Bailey down with the spine buster for a near fall. Io Sky went up top. Bianca cut her off and then pressed her overhead, walked over to the ropes, and threw her onto the pile of wrestlers on the floor. Everybody fell down. Like London Bridge, everybody falls down. It's a very safe bump. Bailey hit Belair from behind. Becky returned and hit Bailey. Becky got the better of both with punches and then hit a manhandle slam on Bailey. Bianca grabbed Becky, hit the KOD. <laughs> this, this was the finish of the match. Let me take a drink here. Ah, I'm still dying. Still dying. Doing better. Doing better, but I'm still dying over here. But let me talk about this. So Bianca gets Becky up, and she hits her finish. So she delivers the KOD onto Bailey. Now, technically, Becky is pinning Bailey, right? Except that Becky then very politely. 
<laughs> rolls off of Bailey to make way for Bianca to cover Bailey and to pin her and to win the match. This looked completely ridiculous. And it's a spot. I mean, what's Becky going to do, right? Bianca's the one going over. But the way it came off, maybe in uh, in theory it sounded good, but in execution this looked ridiculous. So Bianca covers, she gets the win. That means neither Becky Lynch nor Bailey are going to be in the Elimination Chamber, which is for the better, uh, on Saturday. I thought they had a good match. Um, they gave them almost 20 minutes. I mean, I thought overall it was good. The crowd was very quiet for this. And you have three of your biggest names in your women's division. You have your your Raw Women's Champion, who has he- held the title now for almost a full year. You have Becky Lynch, who is still one of the biggest names they have in the company. And, and certainly one of the biggest female names they have. You know, you're in the middle of, of New York here. You're in Brooklyn. Big Raw main event. Pretty big match, if you think about it, right? Triple threat. This could be a WrestleMania match. This could have been a WrestleMania triple threat match for the Women's Championship. And the crowd was very, very quiet. Uh, but I still thought, you know, they had a, a pretty good match. Uh, I'm glad they didn't insert anybody new into the Women's Chamber. It was completely unnecessary. They had time to kill. We ended the show exactly where we started it, so... The whole exercise was was kind of pointless. Um, but, yeah, I look ahead to the chamber, and the match to do at WrestleMania is going to be Asuka and Bianca Belair. You know, if it's going to stay one-on-one, they may end up turning it into a three-way or a four-way. But if it's a singles match with the winner of the chamber going after Bianca, it should be Asuka. Asuka and Bianca should be the match. And when Asuka wins the championship, coming out of WrestleMania... <clears throat> they can begin to rev the engines on a Bianca Belair heel turn. That's what I would do. I think the time has come. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You guys uh, need to know, I am at my best when I am able to be productive and get a lot of work done, which this past week, I was not as productive as I usually am because I wasn't feeling well and that sucked. And I hate when uh, I have things to do and I just can't get them done. But I'm at my best when I'm able to do all of the things that I need to do. And there's never any shortage of work to be done. But sometimes life gets in the way. It can throw some challenges your way. Working with a therapist can help you overcome those challenges. And more specifically, working with a therapist through BetterHelp can get you back on the right track. Having used BetterHelp before, which I've talked about, it worked for me. And it can work for you as well. Even if you've never tried therapy before, the benefits are clear. It can help you learn positive coping skills and learn how to set boundaries. And it can empower you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Solomonster today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Solomonster. But I want to make one last point here. I do wonder, because of the Dakota injury, if the plan was to do a tag team match at Elimination Chamber this weekend, uh, and I believe that probably was the plan, either a tag match or a six-person tag. Becky, Lita, and Trish, a 
against Bailey, Dakota, and EO. It's clear that Dakota is still hurt. My guess, looking at what you know they did tonight, uh, they were hoping that Dakota would be cleared. She wasn't. She was not going to be ready in time for the pay-per-view. And it makes me wonder if they're just bumping that to WrestleMania instead. And maybe the match at WrestleMania is going to be Becky and Lita and Trish in a six-woman tag against Damage Control. That would take care of all six women. If they're not going to be part of the championship match, what else do you do with Bailey and Becky Lynch? Becky Lynch, certainly. You would expect her to have a big match at WrestleMania. It doesn't have to be a title match. But what other big match would you do? They're not doing Becky and Ronda. Ronda, Ronda, that ship has sailed. That was four years ago. That ship has sailed. Ronda just came back last week. She's obviously going to be doing the tag team thing now with, with Shayna Baszler. What else do you do? with Becky Lynch, if not some kind of special attraction like the match that I just described. You do Becky and Lita and Trish, three women on one side, you have three heels on the other, and there you go. You get a WrestleMania match out of it. And so I think uh, that may have been what happened here. They were they were going to do it sooner, but uh, because of Dakota's injury, it might have just screwed up their plans. So on the whole, it was it was a good show. There were a lot of boring moments on this show, but that's... Look, that's that's par for the course when it comes to Monday Night Raw. There's not a whole lot that uh, I see changing about that in the future. You know, you're going to have certain segments that are just a fucking bore. Uh, but I thought there was enough good stuff on the show to, to hold my interest. But, you know, my interest level in Elimination Chamber is unchanged. Uh, I was looking forward to the show, mainly because of the main event. I'm still looking forward to the show because of the main event on Saturday. Nothing has really changed in that respect. Uh, and the actual go-home show will be... On uh, Friday night, they're going to be in that building in Montreal, 24 hours before the chamber for SmackDown. And uh, we will see if there is an Usos sighting in Montreal. Supposedly, they are cleared to travel to Canada. Now, the question is, will they? Paul Heyman told them to stay home. Uh, My guess would be we don't see them on Friday, but we do end up seeing them on Saturday. That would be my guess. Take a look at the Raw poll. We've got 66% thumbs up, 24% thumbs in the middle, and we got about 10% thumbs down. My goodness. Ah, my goodness. I am dying over here. I just barely got through the review. But we did it. Anyway, go vote in the poll at Solomonster on Twitter. That is the place to go there. Take a look at your super chats. Always love getting to your super chats here. See what you guys are talking about. Let's see. What do we got here? We got to go back and see who is the first one here. So we go in order. I don't want to miss anybody. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in in a few minutes. (laughs) Instacart for the win. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So that would be uh, Jackie. There he is. Jockey Fowler starting us off here tonight with a $12 super chat. Uh, wants to know, can you see the Hurt Business, that being Lashley, MVP, Shelton, and Cedric, against the Bloodline, Roman, Solo, and the Usos, uh, as a potential heel against heel eight-man tag? Um, could I see it? Yeah, I mean, I could see it some point I guess but what is the likelihood that we'll actually get it probably not very probably not very good heel against heel I mean not that it hasn't been done before but I can't really I can't really say that I'm expecting it uh Tom Thielen hey Tom what's going on thank you Tom for the five bucks uh buy rent or sell Public face of the company, Dana White, Tony Khan, or Triple H? I think Triple H does a fine job as the uh, public face of of WWE. I'd probably go Triple H, uh, Tony Khan, and Dana White. Shin Superkick, Akuma with the two bucks. Thank you, Shin. EJ Slimp. What if Jon Moxley stayed in WWE? How would you have booked Babyface Dean Ambrose against heel Roman Reigns. Uh, it is a shame that they never got to feud. Uh, I don't know what you mean as far as how would I book them. I mean, I would, you know, it would be heel Roman Reigns. I would have turned him heel a long time ago against Babyface Ambrose. Probably would have traded the belt back and forth a few times. As far as coming up with a whole story for them i mean yeah i'm sure i could <laughs> not in five seconds uh, putting me on the spot but i would have ambrose being the baby face and roman being the heel uh black wolf black wolf inc uh with the five bucks do you think that we are going to get edge and finn balor and hell in a cell at wrestlemania seems the perfect place to end their feud for good I think the Judgment Day win at Elimination Chamber, and I think Edge gets the win over Balor and Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. Uh, Fire Panda, thank you for the super chat. Uh, Bobby's World, 2110. I have to admit, Gargano's new music is growing on me. So you're the one. It's not growing on me. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I am. Uh, I'm still no fan of it. Says, I love and miss Rebel Heart, but I can deal. But if our beloved Fire Panda can be an advocate for Omos, then I can like Gargano's music. You can like whatever you like, man. You can like whatever you like. I don't think it's uh I don't think it's any good. Joseph Brooks with the 999. Cherish keep borrow sell on these fantasy matches and storyline feuds between WWE and AEW. Would you think an order would be best? 
Reigns and Moxley, Rollins and Omega, Gargano and Danielson, Ricochet and Darby. Well, I mean, if we're talking feuds and actual, like, a full program, not just kind of like a one-off match. Because Ricochet and Darby would be insane. But I don't see Ricochet and Darby, there's no story there. You know what I mean? There's no deep storyline to do between Ricochet and Darby. I would say Reigns and Moxley, number one easily. Yeah, I'd probably go in that order, to be honest with you. Reigns and Moxley, Rollins and Omega, Gargano and Danielson, Ricochet and Darby. I think that order sounds about right. Nick Grasso with the 1999. Nick, thank you. What's your thoughts about Conan's stupid comments after tonight? Where do you think they go with the women on Raw at WrestleMania? Do you think they do the six-woman tech? Yeah, as I just said, I think that there's a very good chance. We got Becky, Lita and Trish against Damage Control. We get Bianca and Asuka. We already know we're getting Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Ronda and Shayna. You know, if they do Damage Control in the six-woman tag, that would take them out of the tag team title picture as far as defending their belts. So they could drop their belts before then. You know, you could even have Lita and Trish in the build-up to WrestleMania show up on TV and cost Damage Control the women's tag team titles. So you can always find a way to get the belts off them before WrestleMania, but it looks like Ronda and Shayna will be either defending or competing for the women's tag team titles. Uh, And as far as Conan's comments, I did see them, and I did think they were very stupid. For those who don't know, Conan made comments about Konosuke Takeshita doing, uh, I I, I guess it was on Dynamite this past week, well, I believe, right in the match with MJF, where I think he did the Eddie Guerrero shimmy. Is that what it was? And he said, oh, he took great offense to this. It's it's a Mexican thing. Stick to your nationality. I, meanwhile, Sasha Banks, I think Logan Paul, I saw do it once. Everybody does it. It's done out of respect for Eddie Guerrero. How is that a, a, a fucking cultural thing? I just thought those were stupid fucking comments. Uh, Nick Grasso, one idea for Ronda and Shayna at WrestleMania could be to face Beth Phoenix and Natalia. Well, Beth's around. Uh, Beth's wrestling at the Chamber, and I don't see any other obvious match for her at WrestleMania since Rhea's going to be occupied. So if you want to reunite the two of them, yeah, you could always do that. Uh, Emiliana. The Sammy Cody segment was fire. Brock and Bobby was entertaining. Hope you're feeling better. Catch me on Dynamite this week and have a good stream. Catch me on Dynamite this week. You're going to be in the crowd? You're going to be on the show? Going to be an extra on the show? What do you mean, catch you on Dynamite this week? Bernard Frederick. If Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens don't go for the tag team titles, I think we are in for a huge swerve with the Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns match, and the key person involved is Sami Zayn. Well, we'll only have to uh, find out. won't be very long before we get our answer to that, I guess. Slipper House Extra Extra. 
Those boots that Rollins had reminded me of a plastic thumbtack end. Logan Paul can get some too, and we will have Prick versus Prick at WrestleMania. Well, that's certainly one way to build a WrestleMania match. Prick against Prick. 3B Creations, the dance scene from Pulp Fiction for Dom and Rhea. <laughs> yeah, that could work. They, they, I mean, they, they may want to go with some more current movies, like in the last 10 or 15 years. Training, what was Training Day? Training Day was either 2000 or 2002, right? I want to say 2002, maybe, Training Day came out. Eh, you can, you can still go with Training Day. You could do Training Day. Remaking in productions, I'm picturing Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes as Godzilla and King Kong, respectively, as a WrestleMania parody. A movie parody. The Gary Sphere, Green Mile with Dom in the electric chair. Please, Mommy, don't put that bag on my head. I'm afraid of the dome. My God. <laughs> Good Lord. 2001. I'm getting mixed signals here. Some people say Training Day came out in 2001. Some say 2002. Close enough. King Bling Blah, who's the most successful tough enough contestant? Ms. Morrison, etc. And thoughts on Sammy's wins. Thoughts on Sammy. Uh, Winning the 2024 Royal Rumble, main eventing WrestleMania 40 and wins. I mean, we're looking too far into the future. I I don't think the Sammy Zayn thing is going to last another year. I think if they wanted to do it, this would have been the year to do it, and they were never going to do it. They just they don't see him at that level, and you had the Cody story, and they had their plans locked in, and if it wasn't Cody, it would have been The Rock. It was never going to be about Sammy in the main event of WrestleMania. This this Sammy Zayn madness is not going to last into 2024, so I would be very, very surprised. That is That is not going to happen. Metal Rules with the $20 Super Chat drop. Could the main event on Saturday hit the decibel level of the main event of the infamous Canadian Stampede in 1997? I don't know how many people were in the building for the Canadian Stampede. There may have been more people in the building that night, but to answer your question, yes. Yes. I think it I think it will rival the reaction in the building that night to the Heart Foundation. Sam Dankman Weed. First, you put ketchup on your hot dogs. When did I? I never put ketchup on my hot dogs. Who puts ketchup on their hot dogs? No, I argued against people who put ketchup on their hot dogs. Putting ketchup on your hot dogs is disgusting. I've never done that. I think Sam Dankman has been uh, smoking a little too much weed tonight. He says, then you besmirch the great name of Nathan's. You are hereby banished to Long Island permanently. I may banish myself to Long Island in the uh, near future. I'm ready to bounce out of here. Uh, EJ Slemp. 
I hate The Miz, Baron Corbin, and Rick Boogs more than Mets fans hate Chase Utley. That's, that's a lot of hate. It's an unhealthy level of hate. Everyone on the West Coast puts ketchup on their hot... Well, that's why I'm on the East Coast. I will remain on the East Coast. I have to remain on the East Coast anyway, because if I had to go by West Coast time, I'd be all fucked up. (laughs) With my streams, I'd be all fucked up. I have to stay on East Coast time. Zachariah Sitchin with the $25 Super Chat. Holy smokes. Zachariah, look at this guy coming in hot. Is Asuka winning and facing Bianca good for the long-term? Asuka already went on an undefeated streak. Bianca needs to turn heel, and wouldn't you want to build an underdog babyface and live? Or Raquel, Asuka's already established. If they Look, I argued for Charlotte and Raquel. They didn't do it. Uh... Raquel's on SmackDown anyway. It it just wasn't going to work for her and Bianca. I didn't see that being the match. Uh, Liv, it's not going to be Liv. Liv had her time to hold the championship, and Liv has a lot of fans. Liv's very popular. There's definitely a place for Liv on the show. Liv is not meant for that spot. Going back to Liv Morgan is not the answer. Uh, as far as talk about a Bianca heel turn, well, that's kind of the point. Oscar wins, and it kicks off what ends up being a Bianca Belair heel turn, and then you can have Oscar drop it instead of Bianca. It could be Oscar eventually dropping it to uh, that person, whoever that person is that you are talking about here. So no, Oscar has not been uh, really in a prime position for quite some time. You talk about the undefeated streak that Oscar had; that was years ago. When was the last time Asuka felt important on these shows? I'd like to see Asuka have a renewed push at the top. And then Asuka could drop the title to whoever that next person is going to be that they're going to build around. Somebody new. And we get the Bianca heel turn all the same because I think she's due for one. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Daniel Malcolm. How much longer do you think the Hitman's career lasts if Goldbotch? I prefer Greenberg. But uh, if uh, Goldbotch didn't kick his head to Uganda. Um... At least a few years. You know, it's tough because he had the stroke in 2002 when he fell off his bike and he hit his head. He didn't have his helmet on. And the uh, kind of eternal question is, what if? You know, what if he never had the concussions? Would he have still had the stroke? Maybe he would have had the stroke anyway, and that would have ended his career. 
my guess is without all the the head trauma from the end of 99 into the beginning of 2000 because he kept wrestling it wasn't just the kick from goldberg it was the kick from goldberg it was a spot in the match the figure four around the post if you go back and watch it his head smacked the ground that was even before goldberg kicked him in the head but again he told goldberg goldberg was supposed to like grab his arm and hold him so he wouldn't smack his head on the fucking floor and he said Goldberg didn't do it, and then he smacked his fucking head on the floor. It's very possible Brett was already concussed, even before the kick. You know, either way, he blames Goldberg for that. It's very possible if that doesn't happen, that Brett, maybe maybe that doesn't happen in 2002. And maybe he continues to wrestle. If that doesn't happen, I think Brett could have probably gone... How old was Brett in, in, in 2000? Brett would have been how old? 40... I don't, I don't remember the year that he was born. I think Brett could have gone easily to 2005, 2006, probably. Probably sometime around then. 05, 06. He definitely would have been there for the whole ruthless aggression period. Because um, I think he would have went back to WWE, you know, inevitably a lot sooner than he did. I think it would have been very difficult for him not to end his career there and work with people like Kurt Angle and John Cena and Randy Orton and people like that. And so imagine all the matches that we could have had. Okay, so Brett was born in 57. That was the same year my father was born. So Brett was born in 57. So yeah, he could have gone mid-2000s easily if he was still healthy. Mid-2000s, I would say. And he would have wrestled all those guys. Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, Jericho, Orton, Cena, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. I'm sure Rock would have wanted to work with him. I mean, The Rock loves him. The Rock loved Bret Hart. You don't think The Rock wouldn't have wanted to work a match with him? Ugh getting me frustrated just thinking about it uh richie what's next for edge after the judgment day i don't really care i'm kind of over it there's, there's no match left for edge that i'm like oh i can't wait to see this match this, this match has to happen like i don't know i just kind of i don't really i don't really care uh juan sanchez better g1 final all in their prime. The Painmaker, Chris Jericho against The Rock, or John Moxley against WCW's Randy Savage. I'm just wondering why you said G1. <laughs> why the G1? Why not just why not just pitch the matches? What what is it about the G1? Uh, I mean, as far as as far as those two matches are concerned, um, uh, so, oh boy, you're saying in their prime too, right? So that's you know, Savage, Savage in his prime, man. Um, I go with Jericho and The Rock, though. Rizzo. Logan Paul doing the Eddie shimmy was great. I thought I don't get Conan complaining about the wrestler doing it in AEW, but I think it is sour grapes. No, I mean, this is legitimately the first time I've ever heard 
anybody refer to the Eddie Guerrero shimmy or uh, the Three Amigos as it's, you know, it's a, it's only only if you're of a certain nationality is that allowed. Like I've never heard that before. I've never heard any wrestler mention that before. And there's so many of them, even on the independent scene, who who do those spots. And it's always done in tribute to to Eddie, and then the fans start chanting for Eddie, and it's a nice little homage to him. I just think of all the things to complain about, that's a pretty stupid fucking thing to complain about. It's very dumb. Uh, Richie, the Sami Zayn thing is going to be like the Zack Ryder push, hype and then forgotten about. So we are at 474 likes. And the goal tonight was, uh, what was it, 400, right? So that is enough for us to uh, to do some Be the Booker. We, uh, we won't be doing stipulations. I set the bar high for that, 600. So, uh, But we got a pay-per-view coming up this weekend. I'm thinking maybe that would be the better time to do it. But anyway, let's uh, let's get to it. Let's be the booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. Let us be the booker that you guys love so much. Here he is. There's uh, Seth Rollins. You can't see his clown shoes, but he was wearing them tonight. So here we go. This will be, we'll call this since technically now it is uh, February 14th. We will call this the Valentine's Day edition of Be the Booker. Meaning, I want to pick some matches that you all will love. And then we got Brother Love in here somewhere. We begin with the phenomenal former WWE champion, AJ Styles. Hope AJ is uh, recovering well. He's got that broken ankle. Probably will not be back in time for WrestleMania. AJ Styles going to go one-on-one with the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. AJ and Dusty. Baby. That's great. Dusty in his prime. Prime Dusty, especially Prime Dusty on promos. Against AJ Styles, that'd be a great match. Right? For the uh, NWA World Heavyweight Championship. See, that's a fresh match that we've never booked before. AJ Styles and Dusty Rhodes. So let's go to the ladies here. We begin with the soon-to-be SmackDown Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley. Looking very different in this image than she does today. But Rhea always looks good. Rhea always looks good. Unless your name is Vince Russo, but then you're just a fucking idiot. So let's see, Rhea going to go one-on-one. Who is the lucky lady who steps into the ring with Rhea Ripley? It will be Tegan Knox. Yes. Tegan Knox is uh, on SmackDown, and she's not doing much right now, but Tegan Knox is very good. One of these days, Tegan Knox will get to show people what she can really do, as long as she can uh, continue to stay healthy. So we're two for two so far. I like I like what I'm seeing so far here on Be the Booker. Now we got to go to the tag teams and see what we will end up with. We begin with Hunter and McCall. 
Yes, one of my favorite television duos of all time. And it makes me very sad. Some people are going to look at this and go, who? Hey, you people missed the golden age of TV. What can I say? Hunter and McCall. Takes me back to the 80s. Hunter and McCall against Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy and Lucha Sir. That's a fucking win right there. Oh, yeah. Hunter's going to go, uh, he's going to go hunting for some, some dinosaur, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know. As soon as I landed on Hunter and McCall, it was an automatic bell. And uh, for all you people who disagree, you can all, you can all go fuck off. Love Hunter and McCall. Stephanie Kramer was a beautiful woman, too. For those who don't know, Hunter was a cop show. It's a cop show on NBC back in the 80s. It went seven seasons. It's a product of its time. Thank you for all of the uh, support, all the super chats tonight. Again, this was overall, I thought, a good episode of Raw. As a as a final episode of Raw before the pay-per-view, it you know, didn't really move me much as far as Elimination Chamber. I'm already looking forward to the show. Predictions for the pay-per-view are already up on the channel. They were part of the podcast this weekend. I got the clip up on YouTube earlier this afternoon. Uh, so please, if you missed episode 795 because of the Super Bowl and you were preoccupied, you know, Super Bowl parties or whatever, uh, the show is up. It's a little over 90 minutes. Some good shit on there. Go check it out. Every download counts. And I'm going to be back with you on Wednesday night. We got a lot of live streaming left to do. Uh, we have Dynamite on Wednesday. We have SmackDown on Friday, Elimination Chamber on Saturday, and then the podcast on Sunday. So you're getting a lot of me this week. Trying to make up for the for the for the me that you didn't get last week. You're going to be getting a lot of me this week. So until then, be well, stay safe, have yourselves a fantastic rest of your Valentine's Day. And I'll see you guys back here on Wednesday night for the Dynamite Street. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.